Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Technology Uncorked. My name is Jeff Quattromani, and this show is brought to you by Navman. Now, I will say, the award-winning Navman. Now, the reason I say that is because they've just received a pretty nice and generous CanStar Blue Award for Most Satisfied Customers 2022 in the Dash Cams category, which is literally where they do specialize. Now, Navman were up against the big names, Uniden, Garmin, and Blackview, and outscored them in every category, overall satisfaction, ease of use, design, memory and storage capacity, value for money, and video quality. Now, we knew all of this because if anyone watches any dash cam videos online, you'll know that when there's a really good quality one, generally in the bottom left-hand corner, you'll see a little Navman symbol, and it means that it was recorded and captured on a Navman dash cam. Now, with that being said, and with the beautiful award in their, in their trophy cabinet, well-deserved, it is worth having a look at the Navman website today because there is a huge range of dash cams, but there's a whole new range as well, the outer series. They are built for the modern car. They are a vertical system. They don't have a screen on the back. They're very discreet. It's that, nav, it's that navigation unit. Why do I say navigation unit? It's that dash cam unit that is a set and forget. It can be hidden. It's just there monitoring the road in front of you and the road behind you. And if anything does happen, you pull out your smartphone and you take that footage off immediately. It's that simple. The Alta range is something I'm going to be testing. I'm actually going to be testing some competitor products as well, because let's not just take Canstar's um, you know, survey and their agreement on this one. How about I put some big brands head to head? And in fact, the ones that they've tested or that they've collected information for, I've pretty much got one of each. I'm looking forward to putting all four dash cams in the car and then comparing the results. You'll hear about that on this show, and it's called Technology Uncorked. Let's get on with it. Rasembrasma Jeff Quattromani, multi-Australian in Sydney. Tech expert Jeff Quattromani. Jeff Quattromani, thank you very much from Sydney. Jeff Quattromani is here. And now it's time to talk technology with Jeff Quattromani. Jeff Quattromani. Hello everybody, thanks for tuning in. What the heck? Let's talk tech. And good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whenever it is that you are listening to this show. Welcome, welcome to Australia's number one technology podcast. I'm your host. I'm your host. I'm your only host. I'm the only person that's usually here on the podcast. With that said, we are looking at bringing back the interview series as well. So that will either be part of this show with a small interview in the middle, or it will be a def, you know, dedicated episode to the interview. It just depends who it is, how good the conversation is, how long it goes for, and whether we split the two up. So a big shout out for you guys. If there is anyone, anyone in the world who you would love to hear on this show, send me their name. Send me a, a link to their website. Send me something. And uh, we will absolutely do our best to get them on the show. And you know what? We've had some pretty big guests in the past. We've had Mark Boris. We've had Naomi Simpson from Red Balloon. We've had the, the Federal Communications Minister. Um, the list goes on. We've had some pretty big names. So let's make sure that we continue to set some people that you want to hear from. You just have to let me know exactly who they are. Now, a big show today. Obviously, we had Google I.O., uh, all the embargo came off, off the chain this morning. Uh, we'll unpack everything from that event. Uh, there is a smart drop security box that I need to talk to you about. It sounds quite strange, but trust me, you'll like it. And then we're going to talk about these insane smart cups that uh, I can't wait to tell you more about. But before we do, we have opened a bottle. And I've, had, I've gone down to Costco this time for this particular bottle. It's the Kirkland Signature. Kirkland is the Costco brand. We're going with in-house wine. And uh, this is called Alexander Valley. It's a Cabernet Sauvignon from Sonoma County. Obviously, the reason I grabbed this bottle so quickly was, A, it's an American wine, and I love American Cabernet, especially from Sonoma. And B, it's got my son's name written all over it with Alexander on the front. So 
Uh, 20 bucks, pretty simple bottle. But honestly, I just love American Cabernets. And that's what we'll be sipping on for the rest of the evening and the rest of the show, the time that you're listening to me as well. Now, let's get into this smart cups thing. So I was reading something somewhere during the week, and this just popped up. I'd never heard of it. There's a company called Smart Cups. You can go to smartcups.com. And their idea is to reduce the amount of waste and also the amount of storage that it takes up for beverages. Now, I had never thought about this in my life. But if you picture a a semi-trailer, big trailer on the back, it's loaded up with cans. So, And these guys use ounces in America, so 12-ounce cans. So imagine a 600-mil can. And you can fit 96,000 cans in a semi. So a big trailer full of cans, 96,000 of them. And that goes to your shops. You buy them, you drink them, you squash the can, goes in recycling, whatever else. Smart Cups changes this. What Smart Cups do is they say you can fit 1.2 million, 1.2 million Smart Cups inside a semi-trailer. Problem is, the cups are empty. Here is where the genius comes in, and here is where it becomes something I want to talk about on this show. The cups are the world's first printed beverage. So, the packaging, the actual cup, imagine a plastic cup that you get at a picnic or whatever it is, a plastic cup, it looks clear. On the inside of that plastic is a printed beverage, meaning it's got the flavor printed on the inside of the cup. You pour water into the cup and whatever the flavor of the cup was is the flavor of the drink. So add water and you get the drink. How insane is that? So the drink will mix itself. Within 45 seconds, it's ready to go. It's almost like a Barocca you know those brockers you can get when you twist the lid, the, the tablet falls into the water and it makes your brocker drink? It's like that, but the brocker is laced inside the cup. It's, in, it's insane. So here is this amazing technology. And they're, they're talking about what they're doing with printing, sports drinks, water purification, coffees and teas, juices, alcoholic beverages, um, and ready-to-drinks like, um, you know, like your vodka sodas and stuff like that. How on earth? How on earth? is my only question. How the heck does this work? When you go on their website, you can actually see um, these pouches and these things that you can buy. So if you want raspberry lemonade, you buy this pouch. And how many cups are in there? 10, 10 cups. So 10 cups, you literally buy this bag and it's just got 10 cups in it. And then you add water and they say it's going to taste like raspberry lemonade. There's one called Tropical Punch. There's green tea and lemon. There's a, a brain booster. It's like a, I don't know, some sort of juice or something. How on earth a clear cup that when you add water to it suddenly turns a color like it might be green for sour apple. It might turn pink for berry blast and it tastes like that. What on earth? So smart cups, it's a thing. Head to smartcups.com and check this out. I just need to find out more about it. What on earth printed flavor on a cup that obviously dissolves when you add the water in and you drink it. And apparently it may taste good. But most importantly, from their point of view, it cuts down on logistics. And that's something I've never thought about with beverages. I mean, a bottle of wine is pretty tall. 
probably not the most most efficient shape in terms of storage and packaging. But I don't want anyone giving me a smart cup and they tell me it's going to taste like Cabernet Sauvignon. I'm sorry, that's just not going to happen. Now, moving forward, are you someone who gets a lot of deliveries? I am, not just from me, uh, not just for me, I should say, but for other people in the household. A lot of deliveries come to this house and uh, sometimes it's a courier from uh, a known brand. Sometimes it's uh, like an Amazon Flex driver or sometimes it's Uber Eats, whatever. You get all sorts of deliveries. How many do you miss? How frustrated are you when you miss a delivery? I hate it. If I receive one of those cards when I get home, I feel like just crying because I know it's going to be a nightmare. I need to go online or I need to call someone or I need to rearrange delivery or I've got to go somewhere to collect it. I just, I regret my purchase immediately. At that point, I would like, I'd rather just return the whole thing and just say, it's, it's not my problem anymore. It's gone. That's how upset I can get about deliveries. So Eufy, E-U-F-Y, have a product called the Eufy Security Smart Drop. The Smart Drop is the lifesaver in this regard. If you're someone like me who gets very upset about this stuff, this is what you're going to need. Now, I, I've told you before, I've been testing uh, Eufy security cameras around the home. And I can tell you, checking today, all of them are still fully charged thanks to the solar panels on them. And I will say that I haven't really placed them very strategically to get the most sunlight in the day, but they're still getting enough sunlight in the day to be fully charged. I love that. The smart drop, though, is something you can have in isolation. It doesn't matter what, what cameras you actually have. You can have this in isolation, but this is also working in the same app as my cameras. It is a very large box. I reckon if, well, I'd need a lot of time on the treadmill, but I reckon I could fit into this box. My kids certainly could. I, can, I could put my son in this box and leave him there for a good period of time. But you could probably fit a human being in this box, meaning you could probably fit uh, maybe two or three good deliveries, not just like your small parcels like Amazon boxes. Um, big size box, but I put this thing next to the front door. Now, on the front, clearly labeled deliveries. It's a black box, so big white letters say delivery, um, deliveries, and it's a top opening fridge, uh, fridge smart drop box. At the front of the box is this, a camera with two-way audio, uh, the numbers one to four as buttons, and a big button that says open. Underneath the Eufy badge is also a key slot. So you receive this box, you have the keys for manual operation. You, it takes about you know, 10 minutes to actually assemble this box. It's a steel box. Um, and then you put the battery inside the box. It then connects to your Wi-Fi um, within the app that you're using, the Eufy app. And what I love about this is, is a couple of things. So first of all, given that it's got the camera at the front, like a normal security camera, you'll get that motion alert detection if someone's near the door. Um, you'll get that alert because it's literally picked up on the person, at which point you could, if you haven't planned ahead, you could literally talk to them through your smartphone into the smart drop box, look at them and have two-way audio to say, hey, can you please put it inside the box? But what if the box is locked? Well, from the app, you can also unlock the box and it literally opens, pops open, and you could be anywhere in the world and you could open this box remotely. They would then put the package inside, close the door, at which point you could make the box completely locked so that if another person came or whatever, it would be safe. So you have that feature. But what you could also do is when you are arranging your deliveries in the first place, you can actually set unique codes. So say, for example, your Amazon delivery, 
you know it's coming. You're going to just put in the in the address section. There's usually things like apartment codes, gate gate codes, and stuff like that. In there is where you would want to put what the code is for your delivery box. With the numbers one to four, you can make it whatever you like. A combination of those, obviously. When they come up, they punch in their combination. The door opens. They put their package in. They close it. You've received notification that they were there because of motion, but because you've created that unique code for that delivery, it will also you also get a notification saying your Amazon delivery has arrived because it was linked to them. And also then there's this other way of opening it. So if you walk up to the box and there is just one code that you would like to give everyone, they can punch in that code and they can open it. Or if you're not worried about codes, you can just have that whenever someone presses the open button, it opens and they put the package in there. And then if all of those things fail, you've got keys. So when you get home, if something's wrong, battery dies, whatever it is, you've got a key that manually opens the door as well. It's brilliant. Now, I was taking this to Studio 10 this week for a segment. I included this in a, in a video segment. And um, you're meant to bolt this thing to the ground. There's, it literally comes with screws that you can then bolt the actual box into the floor, which is good because if you've got you know, important packages in there, what's stopping someone from literally picking this up, putting it in their car and driving away, like I did. What I learned pretty quickly is that if you try and do that, an alarm will sound. An alarm that will sound for a long time. My house to Piermont is almost an hour. Not a lot of places where, I, where it's convenient to pull over, motorways and whatnot. So it was a great drive to Piermont and I learned something that day. And there is a, you know, a theft protection on the box as well. So um, yeah, what was even more interesting was that I then had a great video of me stealing uh, my own smart drop box because, you know, there is a camera built into this thing as well. So when, whenever I had Wi-Fi range or until I had lost Wi-Fi range, I had a lovely video of it being dumped into a boot, just like one of those scenes where someone gets kidnapped. You could literally see the boot closing on the box as it's going, don't take me away. And then it starts screaming the alarm. So there's a number of things about this thing that I absolutely love. Um, the battery on the inside is is decent. It's 10,000 milliamp hour. It's a big battery, so it will last a long time. It charges from a micro USB port that you can t take off the box and t you know bring inside to charge. It it just means it, I'm never going to miss another delivery, and I love that. And if you try and steal the box, I'll see you. You'll be heard, and uh, you'll never be able to open the box because it needs a special code and a special key, and you've got none of those things. So good luck to you stealing my delivery vault uh, from Yuffie. I just think it's so damn cool. Now, the one thing I will say before I wrap this one up. It's 850 bucks. So not everyone is going to be running out to buy one of these. You have to remember, it's a security camera and the box. It's not just a box. It's an internet-connected smart box with a security camera built in um, and is just a genius thing. So you really have to be missing your packages, really hate the inconvenience uh, to potentially justify this, but there's a lot of reasons why this thing makes sense. Now, after this, we're going to talk about Google I.O. That's really the two things I wanted to talk about before we jump into Google I.O., We've got a smartphone, we've got a tablet, we've got a foldable device, and there's even some other small announcements that they made as well. So if you don't like anything Google related, have a great week. I'll speak to you again next week. Otherwise, buckle in because this is going to be good. Now, this morning, very early this morning, Google did have their I.O. event. Now, I didn't wake up for it because I didn't need to. Uh, a number of people were invited to, to Google headquarters to see uh, the products that were being announced. And I still have one of them in front of me as well. And it's just a really nice thing when you don't have to worry about waking up so early in the morning 
and it means you could just have everything ready to go to discuss on this beautiful show that I get to share with you. Now, the first thing I want to talk about that they have announced, and I think is probably one of the most important products to talk about here, is the new Pixel 7a. This is a smartphone. This is an affordable smartphone. And I say that because I think so many smartphones these days have become unaffordable. I mean, I know that cost of living is tough, but at the same time, you have to ask yourself what you really need in a smartphone. And if it's a good camera and a big screen and make sure I can use all my apps, you do not need to be spending over $1,000 anymore. It's actually kind of silly to see people even doing that. Now, I love my Pixel 7 Pro. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love it. The camera on it is sensational. But the Pixel 7a is a device that 99% of the people out there would be very, very happy with. That's all I'm going to say straight up. Now, it is a 6.1 inch display. It's a 90 hertz screen. Yes, it's not 120 hertz. I'm so sorry. I think you're okay. Um, 90 hertz screen, 6.1 inch. It's, the, it's a great size. It's not too big. It's not too small. Now, the Pixel 7 is a 6.3 if you like it a little bit bigger. Um, now, this is a 5G device. You can have, you've got your Wi-Fi, your Bluetooth, your GPS, your NFC. You're not missing anything like that. Okay, so that's a really important thing to call out straight away. The other thing, though, is you've got... 64 megapixel camera on the back, a 13 megapixel camera on the back, um, and a 13 megapixel camera on the front. There's nothing missing in this device. The building materials are slightly different. They've changed the kind of um, the, the plastics that surround the device. It is a slightly different material. That's where they save some of the costs. You're not going to lose anything from the Google Smarts inside the device as well. So, you know, your night sight, your photo unblur, the magic eraser, and things like that. All of those things remain. There's also a new um, long exposure mode as well for those who like to take night photography or even if it's just those kinds of blur photos with the, with the traffic effects and things like that, you can do all of that. It's got wireless charging. It's got um, the IP67 water resistance. It's a strong mid-range device. And honestly, I think it's the kind of device that most people should just be getting. And I don't know what Google thinks about me telling people to go and do that, but it's, it's just what makes sense. It genuinely is. Now, with everything going up in, in price, everything costing more money, um, one thing that's worth pointing out here is that 749, it remains the same price as last year's phone or the previous uh, 6A. So 749 is the outright price. We're well shy of $1,000 and we're talking about a premium phone. Now, if you look at the Apple camp, you will be looking at the iPhone SE uh, for a very similar price point and their chalk and cheese in terms of capabilities and in terms of newness or innovation in a device. This is something that is leaps and bounds ahead of it. And being a Google device, expect all the updates, expect every new feature, always on your phone first. To me, this makes so much sense. Now, the one that I've been sent is a wonderful color. It's called C, uh, S-E-A, and it's like a light blue uh, it does come, they also ship me a black case, which is kind of nice so I can cover up the, uh, the sky blueness when I'm out and about. But 128 gigs of storage, $749. I mean, honestly, what are you guys doing? It just makes sense. So that's the first thing I wanted to talk to you about. And I think it's available now. I think it's available literally right now. Now, what's actually funny, we signed our lives away. I promise not to talk about these ahead of time. 11th of May, no problem, I got you. And I checked the mail the other day, three days ago, a catalog from Officeworks. What was three pages in? The Pixel 7a, advertised for 749 with all the specs in print. Now, 
Officeworks, you broke the embargo. Um, you broke the embargo big time. And I'm upset with you because I could have just started talking about it too. But I didn't. I held my word. And that was it. Now, the other thing that Google announced, and this is where things start to get a little more exciting. You know the iPad, right? Where's the Google alternative to that? Well, here we go. It's called the Pixel Tablet. The Pixel Tablet is coming to Australia, and this one is very, very exciting. Now, for a couple of reasons. I have a Google Nest Hub Max in my kitchen. I love walking into the kitchen. There's usually photos up on the screen. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Google device in front of me. Um, so I have the, the device sitting there. I can see photos. I can ask it the weather. I can ask it how long it's going to take me to get from A to B. Ask it to play YouTube videos, whatever I like. I love it. I genuinely love it. But wouldn't it be amazing if I could literally walk up to it, grab the side of the, of the display and take that off the stand and then take the device with me, sit on the couch, watch a video, browse the web, check Facebook, whatever. That's what the Pixel tablet will do. The Pixel tablet is a Wi-Fi only tablet. It's a large tablet. I think it's 10 point something or 10.9 inch to be exact. Like they say it's 11, measures at 10.9. Um, 11 inch screen, full touch screen, 128 gigs of storage or 256 depending on you know, what you go for. Um, 8 megapixel camera on the front um, and on the back. Yes, as well, there is, a, there is a camera on the back. It's got a fingerprint sensor under the power button if you need to lock it. And the most amazing part is that despite it being a Google tablet, which is an amazing launch in itself because we need a real competitor to the iPad, the dock is a large speaker, just like you have in the Nest Hub Max. And it magnetically will clip onto it when you're finished using the tablet. That's where it will also charge. So you can walk around the house, you can be doing things on your, on your tablet, when you're done, you put it back and bang, it starts acting as a smart display again. You've suddenly bought a two-in-one device. You've got your smart home display. You've got your tablet. It's a genius, genius design. And I don't know why Apple hasn't done that one themselves, but that's what's going to be available. And I just think it's, I mean, very, very, very smart. So that's what's coming in the Pixel tablet. Um, I can't wait to test that one myself. It's going to be coming, I think it's, later in the year, like a couple of months from now, like June. Um, so I'm going to look out for that one. I can't wait to actually test it and see how it is side by side with the, with the Nest Hub Max, because I think that's an awesome smart display. They also say that despite it running Android, when you do Docker, it does kick into that smart display mode and it does automatically start to um, you know, change and do those sort of features. I can't wait to see how that interplay works and how that actually goes. I also can't wait to hear the speaker because the speaker on the Nest Hub Max is kind of fine it's you know for basic things in the kitchen it's no problem uh, but this one looks a little bit beefier and i'm looking forward to seeing how that does sound so i mean just very very cool now the big thing the main the main product that everyone's talking about out of io is a foldable device we've had the galaxy fold for a number of years now they've also got the, the flip which is a foldable device oppo has one now um somebody else oh motorola has one you know foldable devices lenovo has a foldable laptop there's a number of devices out there now that fold screens that fold it's not as scary as it once was however now there is a pixel fold google has entered the ring and they've done theirs a little bit different now the device open like a tablet is a 7.6 inch screen you know it's like ipad mini in size but when you fold it the very front is all screen. So unlike 
the um, Galaxy Fold, which has a smaller display on the front with a quite a bit of finger room, there is a 5.88 inch display on the front, which is top to bottom, left to right, completely covered. And I like that. That means that you don't have to be opening the device to get a full screen type experience of a smartphone. But if you do open the device, you're going to get yourself at least an extra two inches. And I think that is brilliant. Now it is OLED displays as well. So the picture quality is going to look absolutely stunning. Um, running at 120 hertz for those who actually care about that. On the back is a wazoo of cameras. On the inside is a, is a range of cameras. And on the front when it's folded is also a bunch of cameras. It's got the Google Tensor G2 chip just like the Pixel 7 Pro. So it's got all the, all the grunt to make it work. 12 gigs of RAM. Um, doesn't even have a 128 gig option. It starts at 256 or 512. Um, it's the, on the back, to be clear, it's the same cameras as the Pixel 7 Pro, the phone I use every day. And that is a great thing, like a really great thing, especially with that five times optical zoom. So, I mean, man, it's, it's, it's got it all. They've, they've thrown the kitchen sink at this. Instead of making it, a inexpensive device or something where um, like the Pixel 7a, the way it shines is because it's such good value for money. This, they've just not really cut any corners and said, here is everything. Here is everything in a foldable device, no shortcuts. And I guess that's kind of reflective of the Samsung Galaxy Fold. I think if they're going to go head to head with them, they had to throw everything at it because the Galaxy Fold does have everything. Now, the only problem is this, the Pixel Fold won't be launching in Australia. It'll be launching in other markets. Germany, Japan, UK, and the US. So you could try and bring it to Australia, but um, that's not going to be as simple. So we don't know when that's going to come. Google wouldn't, wouldn't really say. They couldn't actually vocalize anything around that. So we'll just have to wait and see. When it comes to the tablet, though, I did forget to tell you the pricing. I think that's an important one to mention. 899 is the cost of the tablet. It comes with the dock. Okay, so I love that. If you want to buy a secondary dock, and this is a great idea because if you've got this tablet and it docks in the kitchen, but then you take the tablet to bed and you're using it, wouldn't it be handy just to have a, another dock on the bedside table? So you could just then put the tablet on there and it would continue to charge. That's $189. So I think that's just a great idea. You have a couple of docks wherever you like in the home. Yes, it provides that speaker experience, but it also provides charging. So at 899, I think these will do very well. Uh, I, I just think it will. The only problem is that if you really only need a smart display, then the Google Nest Hub uh, Max is around 250 bucks. So you don't need to be spending $900 for just a smart display. But if you're in the market for both, then this is going to make a lot of sense to a lot of people. So that is exciting. Oh, the exact date for the Pixel tablet is June 20th. So if you're really keen on getting one, June 20 is when you're going to find it. Um, very, very exciting. Otherwise, if you want the fold, you got to fly to America or somewhere else and uh, throw a good amount of cash. I think it's 1500 US. It's not cheap, um, but nor should it be because it has literally got the whole lot in it. Now, beyond that, there was some uh, announcements that were made at IO, which beyond devices. Now, first of all, Google Bard, which is the, um, the AI, the, the alternative to you know, your chat GPT type tools, uh, that's going to launch in Australia. So that's it. We can start to use Google Bard if we want to. Now, the other thing as well that we're going to see is some new language models that are coming on the devices. A lot of things like this are more for those app developers. There is a new, um, they call it PALM for medical. So it's going to have a lot of medical knowledge. It's going to be able to answer questions and even summarize insights from different medical texts. So if you're you know, into your health, 
If you're studying health, uh, Google's pushing big into that direction as well. There is going to be changes with search. And this is actually quite exciting, the, the changes with search using AI. So one of the examples that they, that they gave is if you go into Google today, there's a pretty good chance you've not typed this in. What's better for a family with kids under three and a dog? Is it Bryce Canyon or Arches National Park? No one asks a question like that today to Google because you wouldn't expect a real answer. But with generative AI plugged into Google search, you're going to get almost a number of paragraphs explaining why one is better than the other. You know, literally in this, in this example, it talks about Bryce Canyon and Arches National Park being family friendly, that they, um, that they both prohibit dogs. So that might be a problem for you. But they do have a paved trail at Bryce Canyon that does allow dogs. Um, it talks about the different features at each of them. It really answers the question beyond just giving you a bunch of websites to click on. So when you start thinking about what AI is going to do, it's not just going to help us search for things faster. It's going to help us. You know, imagine if you're traveling and you say into Google, you say, I'm traveling with uh, one vegan, one lactose intolerant, and one meat lover. Um, name a good place to visit in Brisbane. And that would actually factor in all three things, consider the menus, consider, consider the reviews of restaurants, and then give you an answer. That's where this is going, where you start to really give it a problem to solve, where you're not just trying to do research to figure it out. You're just going to let Google or any AI tool give you that answer. It could be, I'm going to Venice for two days. What are the top five things I must see that has wheelchair access? You know, when you start to add complications into that question, challenges, that's where it will start to really shine. And that's one of the things that they're going to be pushing into um, very, very quickly. So that's exciting. They're doing the same thing with maps. They're adding some, some extra changes there, mostly visual features like live view and they're calling immersive view. Um, and that basically allows you to visualize every segment of the, of the route or route before you go. If you're driving, walking or cycling, you could literally picture that trip down the road. Oh, at that left turn, there's actually a servo on the left. So I know it's after the servo or if I miss the servo, I've gone too far. Um, that visual view is so much better than just saying turn left in 100 meters. Um, there's other things as well. They've gone into some stuff, which is kind of what we probably need to experience before it's that exciting to talk about. On the Android ecosystem, there's going to be AI-powered features. So say, for example, you don't have a nice photo to set as the wallpaper because you, I don't know, you're lonely. Um, if you like a stock wallpaper, or you could literally just ask your wallpaper for, I don't know, an abstract photo of the, of the rainforest, and it will generate a unique photo of the rainforest and set it as your wallpaper. So in the same way we've seen image generation tools um, online, if you build those features just into your phone, you can imagine what kind of changes you could ask it to do and create for you. You know, set my lock screen to be, um, I don't know, a, a green version, a green filter on the ocean in Bondi. I don't know, whatever. You'd be creative. Just take a photo. Just take a photo and make it your wallpaper. So Google's done some fun stuff there. That particular example really sucked. I apologize for that, but I like the improvements to search. Um, I think that's brilliant. I also am very excited about the, uh, all three devices from Google, and I think they're making the right plays. It wasn't that long ago that they announced the Buds, the earbuds to take on the AirPods, and they're great sounding Buds. It wasn't that long ago they announced the Pixel Watch, and it's a very good smartwatch. The Pixel phones have become brilliant, and now we've got an iPad competitor, and now we've got um, a foldable device. So Google is looking at all their competitors 
and not just creating me too devices, but how can we improve on that device? And I think the smart display, the iPad type thing with a dock, if Apple doesn't try and compete with that, they're mad. If the iPad next year does not have a speaker dock, which Apple sells like a HomePod, which can magnetically attach an iPad, then they're crazy. Especially if they get to a point where their iPads can be a smart home assistant, it would be madness of them not to combine their HomePods and their iPads to compete with this. I think they could probably do something on price as well, but they would probably be a little bit more expensive. And again, now that Google also has a foldable device, the ball is well and truly in Apple's court to try and figure out how they're going to compete with that. Clearly, if Google's now stepping into this area, they've recognized that there is a demand. If we've got Motorola, Oppo, and Samsung making foldable devices and now Google, clearly there's a market for it. So when is Apple going to step into this, this arena or will they not? Will they literally ignore the, the iPad benefit as being a smart display or a, or a docked device? I think there is some big things that Google's starting to focus on, which Apple needs to pay attention to. Now, we also then take into account Apple has maps and Google's making more changes in that sense. When it comes to the search features, can I be asking Siri a similar question like I just did with the, um, the, the search for the national parks and things like that? I continue to talk because my Google smart display in front of me is listening and I'm waiting for the response when I eventually pause. It's going to have no idea. Here's the result I found from search. Thank you, Google smart display. I need to turn these things all on mute. My whole office is full. If I say the A word or the G word, I have devices all around me at the moment that are listening. Now, the other thing I'll quickly say, because I want to wrap this show up, but the other thing I'll quickly say is I had a delivery this week. Um, of a new TV in the living room and I'm going to be testing it and we'll be talking about this. It's not just something for me to enjoy. Uh, I'm reviewing it. I'm, I'm seriously reviewing this product. It's from Samsung. It's an 85 inch 2023 model um, 8K television and it's, it's 10 inches bigger than the previous model I had and I haven't really noticed the difference that much. So I'm going to give, give you a quick tip. If you're looking to buy a big TV this year and you're tossing up between 75 inches and 85 inches and you can afford it, just do the 85 because you might as well. You think your wall won't accommodate it? It can. It can. And you get used to the size pretty quickly. In one night of watching that TV, I walk in and out of that room not knowing or not remembering, oh yeah, it's actually 10 inches bigger. It's just a big TV and you enjoy it. Um, But I'll probably give you a more serious review about that TV over the coming weeks. If you have any questions about anything that we've spoken about on the show, you, know, you can reach me. A lot of people do. Slide into my DMs, send me an email. I will always respond. That's what we do in this show. We help Australians. We help anyone in the world. And I'll speak to you again next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.